0: Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley.
1: And I'm Colin
0: Bradley. Wow. I've used to turn you down. That was really loud. Oh, was it? (laughs) That's all right. I'm just getting my sound level sorted. Anyway, welcome everyone. <laughs> oh, we're still recording. A little I, bit of behind the scenes, uh, on the fly editing. Yeah, good
1: job, I didn't say anything uh, rude then, wasn't well, it? Oh,
0: well, I did introduce the
1: show, so you ne- <laughs> I know, but I thought you'd stopped it. No. <laughs> oh, oh right. bugger,
0: all right, let's go again. Take two. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not going to actually do that. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> People could just listen, Yeah. <laughs> oh how, how's it going dad mm-hmm.
1: um oh it's going very well just had a 45 minute feedback show oh my goodness now you've
0: yeah. got to now <laughs> a you're gonna whiz through this podcast now god
1: <laughs> that was very good though i enjoyed that feedback show folks if you get a chance to watch it on youtube
0: do feedback show 44 is that what it is uh, number 44 no. we've done yeah and so 44
1: uh, and it took 44 minutes i think it was it was yeah. something like that oh. yeah
0: synchronicities eh not enough Yes, so we've got, uh, yeah, lots of really good topics uh, to talk about today, pulled across your emails and uh, lovely kind comments and feedback that we uh, feel like talking about today on the podcast. So I'll just dive straight in with uh, an email that's come from Sylvia sylvia sent an email and she said i just wanted to send an email and thank everyone involved with conor bradley art i've been a member for a couple of months and i am enjoying all of the tutorials videos podcasts and live broadcasts thank you colin for your wonderfully paced tutorials your enthusiasm knowledge and artistic talents are truly inspirational i've already spent quite a few hours watching you work learning your techniques and enjoying your depth of knowledge and enthusiasm I especially enjoy watching you grapple with some new subject matter. Could you find a real stinker and talk in depth about your artistic process and how you take those daring jumps into the dark only to emerge triumphant with something with another glorious painting. Uh, I've read Colin's artistic autobiography on the website and I wonder if he could describe the artists, artists and crafts he's found inspirational on his journey. I'm always intrigued by the mix of circumstances and mentors that form any artist's direction thank again to thanks again to both of you for all that you do Kindest regards sylvia so the first let's tackle your first question then so when you find a real i mean we could talk about it here in the podcast uh, when you find a a real Mm. challenging picture Mm. you've just shown me one actually before Mm. we went Hmm. and started recording of a new landscape um that's right and and how you you see that and you go you know most people would go how on earth do I do that what happens right
1: well, that doesn't cross my mind funny enough um simply because I'm I'm talking about now me seeing it now years ago it would have been a different matter but now with all my experience and not just of uh, doing hundreds and hundreds of pictures, but also um, teaching for a long time, one-to-one with people and through um, all the things I've done since. Um, So that doesn't cross my mind. What does appeal to me, when I look at a picture, I've got to want to do it. That's the first thing. Mm. I don't, very, very rarely do I do a commission. And even with a commission, I still have to want to do it. That's, that's my motivation. I, years ago, when I had to do it, because I did pet portraits, I did a few which I didn't really enjoy. And I've got to say, they never really came out very well because they didn't put my heart and soul in it. So mm. that's the first thing I've got to do. I, if I do find something, and I do very often see something that um, is challenging more than anything else, it's something that will test me. But then I love doing that. People know that. Uh, I love a challenge, uh, but I can't say that I, I would. If if there was a real stinker, I wouldn't do it. I mean, if I if I felt that I I wasn't capable of doing it, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I've done a few. I tell you one that's uh, coming up soon, um, which will give you a really good idea of how this system of mine works. It's the lady playing cards. Yeah, that's coming up in a few months' time. Now. When I first saw that picture, it's it was a bigger picture and I thought I looked at the it was a Victorian picture, so it was lots and lots in it. Mm. And I thought I don't really feel that I could do this justice with all the paraphernalia that was around there, all the, the furniture and everything else and wall coverings and so on. So I first of all I dismissed it. Then I brought it back again and thought, hmm. You see, what I've also got to look at is what would my members want to do? They wouldn't want to do all of that paraphernalia. They they might want to do the lady, but they mm. wouldn't want to do it at all. So that's how I started thinking. Then I cut it down to uh, a reasonable size, more or less a size that uh, is going to be presented to you. Uh, We're going back several years now. We're not talking about, uh, you know, recent. Then I got it out and started it, and I wasn't happy with it. I thought, no. I got as far. I always do start with a face, and I was doing it. I thought, no. I don't think I will. It's not really. Anyway, I shelved it. Hmm. I put it away. Got it out again when I saw it again, because it's all in a file of mine. I have a file with all of these pictures, all... um, references in,
0: mm.
1: brought it out again and thought, I don't know, I think I might give that another go. This time, I had a completely different frame of mind. I thought, this is going to be a challenge. And I produced it, and it was a great picture. So I hope that gives you an idea of how I approach
0: things. How some real challenging ones take that much thought process.
1: it. It's, it you have to think it through. And mm. if you're not happy, don't do it. Because if you start a picture, um, especially at my level, if I start a picture and I'm not happy, I've wasted a lot of time mm. and energy and, more than that, disappointment. You know, you're frustrated. If you haven't been able to do it. Oh, you thought you're thought you a good artist. Well, well, it's the think mental, again, matey. Yeah,
0: it's the mental battle. Exactly.
1: So you've got to be really careful. There's, a, there's enough, as there's, there's much yeah. psychology in, in this as there is in... Um, in any other, um, you know, pursuit, especially creative pursuit. Mm. So, but generally speaking, I would say that if I look that picture I showed you earlier, we were talking um, just before we started the podcast, I was showing Steve a, a new picture, which I've cut dramatically down uh, to include just all the, like, bare bones. But even that is going to be quite challenging. Looking at, I looked at that and I thought that's going to really be, I'm going to really enjoy that. And I know I will. Mm. So that would probably be something that will come up later on.
0: Mm. Excellent. Well, then the next part of Sylvia's email, perhaps we can just touch upon that um, without going over old ground because we've obviously talked heavily about your story in the earlier days of the podcast. Mm. Um, But any, maybe any key... Moments in your journey, like inspire that you found inspiration, like key artists, people that I remember y- your first encounter. With, you know, seeing John Constable's work in person mm, was mm. a big moment. Perhaps any other key plot points, moments that have perhaps inspired you or motivated you.
1: Mm. Well, I suppose the first real big one was when I was dabbling as an amateur artist enjoying myself with watercolour. And then I thought, I wonder if I'm... Because somebody said to me, somebody, just a friend of mine, he wasn't an artist, but he was a friend of mine, said, you know, this is this is pretty good. You know, you ought to um, have them framed and exhibit them. Well, my first reaction said, no, don't be silly. Uh, there's a lot of good artists there. I, I, I can never be a, um, that, that sort of artist. I just um, enjoy what I'm doing. He said, no, seriously... I thought what he said, and then I went in to see somebody who was a professional artist, and I mentioned this in my in the pod, early podcast. Well, he was the one that really started me off because he said to me, you've got something, he said, and he, he, he said something like, um, you're going to be very well known in this area for your art one day. Now, that came as a complete bolt out of the blue. I couldn't believe what he said. He justified it by saying, you know, it's you've got a good composition, you've got a good uh, eye, and whatever you do, don't go to art school. Because I was saying, should I, uh, you know, get some um, uh, art education? He said, don't do that. He said, you'll lose what you've got now if you did that. And that was the best words he ever gave me. So I just persevered. And eventually, I went to a local art gallery where I lived and showed him the work. He liked it. His name was Tony. He became a friend of mine in the end. And uh, he said he had put put some of the pictures up they sold I could give him more they sold that was where the confidence started so that's really what King got started. me going mm. and uh, since then well gosh I, I don't think I've really I've never really followed anybody John Counsel was the chap that I really um, admired when I first started out uh, but really since then A.R. Quinton, I suppose, is another one because I love all the Victorian era and I love the mm. old world. Well, people know that. See, I've done enough pictures. I just love that era and in late Victorian, early Edwardian times. And they make fantastic pictures. And A.R. Quinton was born around, you know, the late um, 1800s and I think he died in 1940 or something. Mm. But he did an awful lot of work right around the country of the kind of work that I would love to do, Mm. local scenes. Well, it wasn't local scenes to him. He went round the country and did them. Yeah. But uh, I love that, and uh, I love the style. But his was done in watercolour. And I was lucky enough to be able to change from watercolour to pastel pencils. Mm. And with it, I took all my watercolour techniques that Mm -hmm. I'd I'd practised, which weren't, um, as people know, if they have followed me, they weren't uh traditional watercolor techniques i just made them up as I went along so but i still took those over to pastel pencils which worked very similar so i could translate a.r quinton's work into into pastel pencil work very successfully uh, failing that no there's nobody else i've gone on gone on done my own thing
0: <laughs> that's lovely though That's really nice. It's nice to get there, to hear that again. I think that's, and it's nice for our listeners to hear that. I think always get a little bit of inspiration Mm. from the horse's Mm. mouth. Lovely. Thanks very much for all your kind words, Sylvia, and uh, for your email. The next one uh, was an email that came from Dave. He said, well, that was a shock, boys. Hop along, Cassidy. I bet three quarters of your members have never heard of him. (laughs) He he was famous (laughs) He was the famous sheriff of Twin Rivers. His horse was called Topper and he always wore two guns, although he always, in his films, did a lot of fighting. I well remember Saturday morning matinees where William Boyd took the part. Just going to have a look at your tuition, Cole, and who knows, I might even have a go. Go for your guns and make my day. (laughs) I'm assuming that is a a quote, is it? No. Oh.
1: (laughs) No, I've never heard uh, Hopalong Cassidy uh, say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Clint Eastwood later on, did that? That was it. <laughs> but but he, I know what he means. Um, Hublon Cassidy. Well, he was a. It, it's interesting, and I'm sure people will find this interesting, that it, it, I never ever got to him through films. Uh, I was born in 1940. Well, the films were all around that era. They, 1935, they started, and they went right through to the very early 1940s. Then it packed up because he. um, Oh, there was this, that he, he, uh, bought the rights to Hopalong Cassidy. And then eventually in the early fifties, it was a television program. That's when I caught up with Hopalong Cassidy in the early fifties when he made the television programs. Yeah. But before that, I knew Hopalong Cassidy through the comics. I see. In the old days, in the, in the late forties and, uh, We used to have the American comics. We used to call them American comics. Yeah. They They were rife. All the kids had American comics. And what we used to do is swap them. Yeah. We used to have a big pile of them. Ones have been purchased and go out. Can I swap my American comics with you, mate? Yes, of course. Okay. And it used to go, I'll have that one. You have that one. And I'll have that one. That's how it went round. So all the comics got handed around. Bit that's dog-eared by the time you go.
0: <laughs> oh, that's lovely though.
1: <laughs> but we got around. and Hoblon Cassidy was one of the heroes then. He, he was all over the the comics. So that's how I started um really knowing about him. Something about him all dressed in black and he was a But since then, of course, uh, I've got a very good friend of mine who you know I've known for 60 years. So we're both from the same era, same age, and both absolutely besotted with the Hopalong Cassidy um, hero, yeah, personality and I've got every single one of his films <laughs> and every single one of his television programs. <laughs> so to say I'm a fan, it's really, I mean, nowadays, they're kind of, oh, my goodness me, you know, no one would watch them except us. Yeah. But they just bring it back. So he was a childhood hero. But it, I, the, the picture came because my friend who I'm talking about said, I'd love you to do to draw a Hopalong Cassidy. So I did. I actually drew him, not the one that you see. Uh, I did it. And I liked it so much that I kept the original and gave him a print. Yeah. And then we were talking about doing another graphite picture. I said, I tell you what, I'll do that Hopalong Cassidy. And that's how it came about. So I did it again. So it's done, been done twice.
0: <laughs> but now everyone can do Hopalong Cassidy.
1: Everybody can do it. Well, the idea, of course, was to show how graphic, can, uh, the, especially the aquarelle graphite, graphite, which is very much more intense. Mm can can work on that kind of picture and come out very well yeah so there we are that's a bit of a story
0: lovely lovely well it's gone down well with dave i don't <laughs> know about any of our other members but dave loves it <laughs> no we've had some lovely comments it's not just uh it's not just one person lovely thanks very much the next email comes from sue hi colin steve could you please let me know when you are demonstrating base colors that you are uh you use are they specific for that colored paper or would it apply regardless of the pastel paper color in other words if you are using a dark colored paper would you change the color range or would you stick to the same colors no matter what paper you would be working with so are the base colors the same no matter what paper you're working with or do they change uh
1: some and some really steve on the on gray on the light colored paper you have to put well, certainly the sand-colored on grey paper. You have to put a base color down, base colors because you've got to cover the sand color up. Mm. Uh, but that can be quite uh, minimal, and uh, well, you know, I don't have to go into it because you've seen enough of them. When you change the color of the paper, you you the color of the paper comes through the picture. You've got to be careful there. I've said this many many times. Now pastel mat. It still is similar, although it will take uh, more color, you can still see a trace of the color through it mm. so you've got to be careful if you wanted to do a portrait, for instance, and you did it on dark blue or dark green paper, you'd never get that really bright. Mm. It would always have the you know the the, the, the feeling that it's a little bit subdued, mm. like Marilyn. The, the picture of Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Had I done that on the dark color paper, mm. um, say anthracite or the dark blue, agreed I wouldn't have needed quite so much background as I used to use, but neither would the face would have been subdued. Mm. So you've got to be careful there. So I would say the answer is no, not really. You can't use on different color papers. You, you, you probably have to got to adjust. That's the best description I yeah. can say. To adjust the colors accordingly i 've just done i 'm just doing some work on a uh, dark green pastel mat very dark green pastel mat, the one we sell and uh, I, I put di- I put the one eight one directly onto the paper now normally i wouldn 't do that mm. but I could do it then i would have but if that had been on sand color paper I would have put the two three three or two seven three on first mm. then.
0: So you can start with darker colours because it's a darker paper. Yeah, exactly. But then what do you do with the – do you work in the tones into the 181?
1: You can do that. You can put the colour back on top. With pastelmat you can. Mm. You can put the colours back on top of it mm. where it's more difficult with the, um, the sand colour. Interesting. It is very it, – it's yeah. different. I, of the two papers I've used, the, uh, I've used the um, – obviously the sand coloured paper on grey – and I've used the pastel mat, and I've have done it on several colours now—the mid green and the mm. dark blue—and and each one has been slightly different. But the pastel mat is definitely the best one, I would say, without any shadow. Pastel mat and sand grey, those are my two favourite papers. Mm. There's lots of others around, and I've done some experiments on other papers, which have come out okay. Mm but I still really prefer those two. Mm. And uh, so I'm adjusting all the things I do now. Some are going to be on Passomat, but the vast majority is going to be on the on I still prefer it.
0: Yeah. Lovely. Great, great question, Sue. Um, Thanks. Okay. Next one from Linda. Linda's commented on our impressionistic blog post we did a long time ago i'll try and link it in the description of this podcast actually if people want to have a read where you talked about uh an impressionistic Mm. um, painting and uh, linda says i love the impressionistic style of painting um it's just wonderful to look at and let your eye fill in the detail it makes you feel a part of the process it is also awe-inspiring to look closely and find that it is really a mass of dots, squiggles and dashes that from a distance look so real. I've often wondered how this was achieved, but now that you describe it, it makes sense. You have to know exactly where each of those dots and squiggles should go and that it can only be achieved through meticulous draftsmanship. So thank you again for pointing that out.
1: No, it's a pleasure.
0: Uh,
1: so, As you know, um, I, I do love Impressionism. To a certain extent, all artwork is impressionism because you can't draw the actual thing, although it looks more detailed but if you if you were to magnify my pictures up right up and co close hey, they are just a matter of scribbles that's all they are
0: mm.
1: so in a way, you were doing the same thing, but you sue's absolutely is it sue uh, I
0: think it seems Linda. Linda oh sorry Linda I've forgotten already. <laughs> He was bad. I'd I I, I switched off then. I'd thought, oh, that's that's I don't need to look at that again. No, it was Linda. Yeah, oh, uh, Linda.
1: Um, no, Linda's quite right. Um, to see uh, an impressionist p- painting, you have to work at it, it's not just automatic. You can see every line, every detail. Oh. You've got a- think about it a little bit more but it's it's the, the idea behind impression is to put the essence in and not the actual detail in that's yeah. the idea of it uh, which is why i like it so much but if you can get halfway between the two which is what i try to do a lot of the time i try to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that so i'll put the detail in but, but
0: also try to
1: make it uh, especially when you're getting down to grasses
0: yeah so your your mic keeps cutting out for some reason oh
1: uh, yes if you get grass, grass. Or, or or foliage or whatever that has to be impressionistic can't do anything else you can't if draw you, blades of grass you anything, can't can you? no well i've seen it done and it looks absolutely awful when people do that they actually draw every single grain you can't do that uh, so you've got to use the impressionistic approach for that mm. and most of my backgrounds are, are impressionism i've just finished the picture that i showed you earlier uh on mat. that's I mean imagine if I'd put every blade of grass in there it, it would look silly. Yeah. So you don't do that. You just you just Im- imply it. Mm. Anyway, so yes, I agree with that totally. But you have to be a good draftsman though. You have to learn to draw first before you can be an impressionist painter. It's just the rule. Cuz otherwise you don't know where you put the squiggles in the wrong place. Yeah, are not you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> good point. Very good point thanks linda it's a it was a good comment um oh, yeah i'll try and find that blog post because it was a good blog post you wrote about that i'll try and pop that in the, the description well that is all the questions for this week i'm getting tired I've, i'm already <laughs> i think our last hour and a half of, <laughs> of generating content is taking it out of me so uh i'm i'm fully ready to call it a day but thanks everyone for sending in your comments and questions and emails and feedback um We love reading it and we love uh, doing these podcasts for you. So keep them coming. And uh, we'll see you in, I don't know, next time I'm around. Next few weeks, we'll do another another podcast. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley.
1: And I'm Colin Bradley.
0: Enjoy Enjoy your week. week.